Well, hello there and welcome back to the Archaeology News. Yes, it's myself again, your host, David Connolly. I'd just like to actually thank all the people that did miss us when we were away and uh, a little special thanks is going out to uh, people like Liz and Jeff. You know who you are. Anyway, this news is brought to you in partnership between Stone Pages and the British Archaeological Jobs and Resources website. All the stories have been collected from various sources and to view details on each story, including that all-important source, you're going to have to go to the Stone Pages website at news.stonepages.com. So what have we got for you today? Well, we have human ancestors at the Georgian site deemed two species, not one has previously thought. There's a cup-marked stone found in Wales, more exciting than it sounds, honestly, and an Iron Age Scandinavian settlement has been discovered. A retired firefighter in the UK has had his patience rewarded when 40 years ago he found some flints near the Guildford Fire Station. Turns out they're actually very, very important. Neolithic bones, meanwhile, have been discovered in the Irish cave, which tells a little bit about excarnation burials. And up in Scotland, we are back to cut-marked stones again. It's all the rage. And this one has been discovered decorated on both sides. We finish off with uh, development danger for an Iron Age hill fort in England, and a little update on that one too. So let's head off to the Republic of Georgia where the description of a new skull from the Demancy site has concluded that the site hosted not one, but two Homo species, one living around 1.8 million years ago, and the other one several hundred thousand years later. The Pleistocene site has yielded an impressive hominin fossil assemblage, opening fresh perspectives for understanding the nature of the first Eurasian human settlers and providing important data for reassessing the origin and evolution of the genus. Based on one of the lower jaws, which is considerably larger than the other one recovered from the site, it fits the newly described skull. The study described remarkable shape differences that do not depend upon body size or sex, stating the large fossil exhibits a mosaic of primitive and derived features absent from the smaller specimens, signalling the presence of a separate species. The small jaws come from a population that was closely related to early Homo populations, the scientists conclude, suggesting the larger jaw belonged to Homo georgicus, a poorly understood species. Excavation director David Lord Kapanidze of the Georgian National Museum in Tbilisi disagrees, believing the shape similarities among the skulls that fit the lower jaws indicate that only one Homo species occupied the site. Geologic studies show that the Demancy fossils are no younger than 1.76 million years old, he adds, whereas the new study's revision of the complex stratigraphy suggests the accumulation could have covered an undetermined period of time. Most researchers acknowledge the high degree of size and shape differences at Damanthe, although their interpretations differ. According to Lord Kibanidze and his team, the large variability exhibited by the Damanthe hominins would lessen the differences used to identify species, such as Homo habilis, Homo rudolfensis, Homo agaster or Homo erectus. All of these would thus belong to the same species, representing a regional variant of a single lineage that would have inhabited the Eurasian and African continents during a considerably large period. 
However, if they belong to the same lineage, Demancey hominins would exhibit a sexual size difference greater than that observed in modern humans and chimpanzees. The new study's authors expect that future discoveries at Demancey and revisions of the fossil record will shed light on the interpretation of these hominins, saying the evidence available at present suggests the first dispersion out of Africa was probably more complex than previously supposed, that different ecological niches may have been present in the area where the fossils were found, and that the possibility of there having been two species should not be discounted and should be further explored. Now to Wales, where prehistoric rock art, which could be more than 4,000 years old, has been discovered in the Brecon Beacons, a mountain range in Wales. The Bronze Age discovery was made last year by National Park geologist Alan Boring. The stone is about 1.5 metres long and half a metre wide, with 12 cup marks of various shapes and sizes on the face. It now lies flat on the ground, but experts say that it could have once stood upright. Its exact location in the Brecon Beacons is being kept secret, however. Similar stones have been found across Britain, but they are very rare here in mid-Wales. Mr Boring was working on the land maintained by the National Trust when he spotted the rock. Realising it was something unusual, he then sought the advice from the National Park archaeologist Natalie Ward, who has experience of recording similar artefacts in the north of England. The National Trust's own archaeological survey had already highlighted Bronze Age features in the area, giving some context to the stone's past. Now, George Nash, hello there, George, archaeologist and specialist in prehistoric and contemporary art at Bristol University, confirmed Mr. Boring had discovered the first prehistoric rock engraved panel ever recorded in the Brecon Beacons. Dr. Nash added that the cut marked stone probably came from the early to Middle Bronze Age, that's about 2,500 to 1,500 BCE. To Scandinavia now, as in common practice in most European countries, an archaeological evaluation and investigation is made on any site that is about to be developed and built on. Such was the case with the 58-hectare site in the Alborg region of northern Denmark. The area had been earmarked for a new hospital, and during the archaeological investigations, the remains of a large Iron Age settlement were found. Normally, a find such as this, only the post holes would remain to mark out the buildings. This find, however, was very well preserved. It had been covered by a thick layer of soil soon after it had been abandoned, which allowed even the chalk floors to remain undisturbed. The chalk floors, by the way, would be something to perhaps preserve or um, purify the site that you were on. Nothing ritual, really, sort of more to just get rid of all the bugs. So far, evidence has been found of an ongoing settlement with buildings being repaired, extended and added to over quite a long period. One particularly exciting find was that of a domestic cat, making it the earliest example of its kind ever found in Denmark, dating back to when the Romans had first brought cats into the area. The remains of several horses were also found, showing that there was a wealth and status. Now, a retired firefighter from the UK, aged 88, has had his persistence rewarded. Ron Settle was a firefighter in Guildford over 40 years ago. In his spare time, he studied archaeology. 
Ron put this knowledge to the test when he was transferred to the Guildford Fire Station and spotted what he thought were Stone Age flints around the fire service housing where he lived. Although the finds were then lodged with the Surrey Archaeological Society and exhibited in a local museum, the discoveries were never followed up. He didn't give it a second thought, however, but when the fire station recently came up for demolition and a new rebuild, a dig was organised. Not only did they confirm the original Stone Age Mesolithic finds, but they also uncovered earlier Paleolithic flints. William Mills from Oxford University is very excited about the finds and is quoted as saying that most of the time you find Paleolithic material like this in caves or in very disturbed environments, whereas here in the fine sand deposits it's in situ. It's not moved much at all. He went on to say that the site was quite exceptional because in Europe there's actually only a handful of these sites. They're called outdoor sites. Very difficult to find, as you can imagine. So, all I can say is, well done, Ron, and thanks for waiting. Human skeletal remains of a child and an adult dating to the Neolithic period have been recovered from a tiny cave on Knocknaree, that's County Sligo in Ireland. Radiocarbon dating has shown that they date to around about 5,500 years ago, which makes them amongst the earliest human bones found in the county. The find represents important fresh evidence of Knocknaree's Neolithic past and the prehistoric practice known as excarnation. Archaeologists discovered a total of 13 small bones and bone fragments in an almost inaccessible cave last November. Three were from a child and ten from an adult. They included foot bones and fragments of a skull. The adult was aged between 30 to 39 and the child between four and six. It was actually not impossible to establish the gender. It was a chance, however, discovery by Sligo archaeology graduate Thorsten Callert while he was investigating a series of little-known caves on the slopes of Knocknaree. I was surveying one small cave when something caught my eye, he said. I took a closer look and realised it was a human foot bone. Further examination proved he was right and that the, bo- the cave floor was strewn with bones. Dr. Katrina McKenzie of Queen's University Belfast, who's an archaeologist specialising in the analysis of human bones, examined the remains. After Thorsten's initial discovery, Dr. Marion Dowd of uh, Sligo University immediately contacted the National Monument Service. It then funded a rescue excavation who, by, by two poor archaeologists who braved wet and windy weather to retrieve the exposed bones before they were lost forever. Thorsten explained it's an entirely natural cave, but you have to crouch down to get into it. For most part, it's not actually possible to stand upright. Significantly, it seems that the adult was placed in there around 300 years before the adult, uh, before the child, sorry, who died around about 5,200 years ago. Dr. Dowd said that the small number of bones and their size suggest that the cave was an excarnation site. When people died, their corpses would have been laid out in a cave or a platform. After one or two years, when the flesh and soft tissue had decomposed, the bones, or at least the larger ones, could be collected and then removed to another location. We can imagine, therefore, that Stone Age people in Sligo carried their corpses up the mountain and placed them in the cave. But the monuments of where they actually then took the bones to possibly lie on the summit of the hill of Knocknaree. All that's been left behind when they've taken the bones away were these small bones that have been overlooked. 
Now, a rare example of prehistoric rock art has been uncovered in the Scottish Highlands. Archaeologists made the discovery while moving a boulder decorated on one side with ancient cup and ring marks to a new location in Rosher. When they turned the stone over, they found that the same impressions were on the other side. It's only one of a few decorated stones of this type. Susan Cruz of Archaeology for Communities in the Highlands first discovered the stone at Heights of Fodderty seven years ago when out walking. The second set of cup and ring marks were uncovered recently when archaeologists were moving the stone to the new site at nearby Heights of Bray Neilgun viewpoint. The cup and ring marks were created maybe four to five thousand years ago, either in the Neolithic or Bronze Age. Finding cup and ring decoration on the opposite side has raised a number of tantalising questions, though. Was the decoration meant to be viewed from both sides, or was one decorated side deliberately placed face down? Or was the stone carved at a different time? There's a cluster of rock art in that local area, a Neolithic chambered burial cairn and roundhouses dating to the Bronze Age have also been found. Another major discovery in the area was the Heights of Bray Hoard, the largest surviving late Bronze Age gold find ever found in Scotland. An interesting battle is in progress just now in North Shropshire in England between local residents and their elected town council. The contention centres around a proposed housing development right next to two scheduled monuments. The monuments in question are Watts Dyke and Oswestry Hillfort. The Iron Age Hillfort is second only in size to Maiden Castle and is closely linked to the Anglo-Saxon defence line known as Watts Dyke. This is not the first proposed development to threaten the site. A previous application for housing was rejected by Shropshire Council planners as having a significant detrimental impact on the Hillfort setting. The second application is, however, even closer to the site. The local objections, voiced by a campaigning group called Hands Off Old Oswestry Hillfort, have been endorsed by John Crichton, who is director of the Society of Antiquaries of London, and who is quoted as saying that Old Oswestry is without doubt one of the best-preserved multi-valet hillforts in the UK. Its setting in the landscape makes it visually stunning, and crowding it fringed with buildings would be detrimental indeed. Now, more housing is desperately needed in the UK, but balance and careful curation of the unique assets of our landscape and past history are the responsibility of the planning committees. People across the world made their feelings incredibly clear through consultation and a petition signed by thousands of people. Oswestry's community want the historical legacy and beauty of the Hillfort preserved, and that rules out housing surrounding it. The pressure was on Oswestry Town Council to respect it and not betray their electorate, so they said. And believe it or not, they succeeded. That's the news. Oswestry Town Council actually um, overturned all the planning for the new housing, only to have it overturned in turn by the county council. The area around the Hillfort is packed with artefacts. Prime amongst them is a new piece of rock art known as the Pegasus Stone. It bears a clear outline of a horse. The stone was found lying in a mature hedge near the main entrance to the hill fort and was probably the victim of earlier field clearance. Several scars across it uh, show that it was caused by ploughing. 
The hill fort itself is dated to around about 1000 BCE and the stone is believed to belong to the Celtic or Celto-Romanic period and be attributed to the Cornovi tribe. Well, we hope to get back to you to tell you how this continuing campaign to stop the housing around Oswestry hill fort continues. Until then, of course, I want you to all get along to pasthorizonspr.com. That's where you're going to find all the latest news from around the world. And, of course, if you want jobs, there's only one place to go in the UK. That's Badger, www.bajr.org. More, of course, can always be found at the fabulous Stonepages, news.stonepages.com. So thank you very much for listening to this, and we hope you'll return again to us next week. Thank you.